welcome to the Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Hi, this is Kelly Hopley from Incorporating Wellness, the health shop at Mansfield Woodhouse and 360 Wellbeing Centre Chesterfield. You're listening to the Full Circle Podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. That was Kelly Lena Hopley from one of our previous episodes. Mm, uh, somebody that we need to re-catch up with actually, so fascinating episode Definitely. that. Yeah. Um, Hi Phil. Again. Oh, you threw me then, Julie. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> I thought I'd pinch it. <laughs> hi, uh, hi, Julie. <laughs> hi, Glenn. How are you both? Really well, thank you. Yeah, in good spirits. Uh, felt a little bit drained, um, but um, I'm feeling feeling really positive now. Yeah. Back on track. Yeah. As we, we were talking earlier, weren't we? A funny old week this week. Mm, yeah. But, um mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's moving now, isn't it? The energy is shifting. Massively. And especially because we're in February, we are in February 2022, um, the energies are shifting massively, as you've just said. Definitely. And really ex- accelerating um, yeah. a lot of... Um, what I'm <laughs> What's going on? Phil's still uh, from the, the last episode. I think he's been I somewhere think, on I a journey. Somebody change his batteries, please. I was going to say, it came, the word came, and I was going to say a lot of realisations happening at the minute, um, a lot of really, some really strong manifestation this month yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah, a really good month to be in. Really good year to be in. Yes, you're the so, tiger. Yeah, definitely. We have tonight a very, very special guest, somebody that we met at the Mansfield Mind, Body and Spirit show last October. Yeah. Somebody that we are hoping to see again in April, when we're there in April as well. Yes. Um, So, fascinating guest, um, owner of Avarja, Himalayan Singing Bowls. Please welcome David Mitchell. Welcome, David. Hi, David. Thank you. Evening, guys. How are you all doing? Good. Yeah, thank, good you. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. yeah. How are you finding? How are you finding the 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 energies this month so far, David? The um, energies this year, I suppose. I, I just feel like everything sort of moves in positive. I think people have um, had a tough tough time the last mm. eighteen months, and um, people have shifted their own energies themselves, and you know, springs on its way, and you can sort of feel that. Yeah, yeah from my experience at the moment, mm. I would agree. Time for growth, renewal. Yes, oh, I like that. yeah, yeah, blossoming. Yeah. Mm. For sure. yeah, I noticed back in January, David. Um, I thought we talked about this on one of the podcasts. January was almost like my 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 word for January was germination, mm. and that's how January felt. Um, and that's that's moved on, and like you've just said, uh, at the minute it's it's like about that that stage. new growth. So yeah, I really resonate with what you just said there. So yeah, I, I always think that autumn's the the start of spring, 
whilst things shed the leaves, it's all about preparation for getting through winter and then starting afresh. Mm, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Thank you for being with us, David. Um, we've been looking forward to having you on. And what I would like to do is take you back to the beginning and ask you about your own awakening in your own spiritual path. Yeah, your journey. Where it um, it's like many things in life. You, you find a path and a change. You don't realise it's a fork in the road until after you've decided to take a certain path. So very difficult to pinpoint a, an actual trigger point for, for anything in my life. But yeah. I've always been aware of... Um, Far East, the culture out there. Um, mm. I was fortunate to work in a commercial environment that took me out there and got me close to it. And then that sort of kindled itself. And I've always been interested in Buddhism and uh, uh, as a philosophy rather than a, a religion and the guidance mm. of that. And as I've got more and more into that, mm. it's um, taken a, a bigger part of my life. And other things are sort of dwindled away. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You sound very calm. You, you do. know. Yeah. Indeed. Really chilled out. Um, it's a nice, nice vibe. I think um, a, a moment I do remember is when I, I I first started doing festivals as a as a hobby, and I started my full time job. I went to a music festival at. Stainsby near Chesterfield. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they'd got angel cards. And the first card I ever picked out had the word acceptance on it. And I think that sort of resonated with me. And I've carried that around in my pocket ever since mm-hmm. that card. So, yeah, um, the, a big thing to me is wherever you are is where you are. And if you can accept that from its good points, positive points, opportunities, challenges, and sometimes it's negative reflections. If you can accept it, then um, it's not a bad place to start your morning. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, wise words. It's analyzing everything, isn't it? Every aspect. Yeah, definitely. How did you, so you predominantly, I know that you predominantly work with singing bowls now, David and you, um, import them as well, don't you? How did you come across? How did how did how did the singing bowls come onto your onto your path? Well, I, I, I worked commercially for a, a national retailer in supply chain and uh, had a lot of opportunity to go to the Far East. But I, I wanted to have something in the background, and I went to Nepal and brought back a number of things from clothes and bags. And garments. And it was when I was on um, my second or third trip that I got introduced to singing bowls, which I already knew about. But um, I was on a yoga retreat, and I asked the owner of the retreat where they got the bowls from. He gave me a card and said, "You need to go and see this gentleman in Kathmandu." About three days later, I phoned this gentleman up, and I met him at his foundry. And the first thing I really saw in terms of singing bowls was watching them being made. Mm. And although I hadn't sort of budgeted to buy any singing bowls, I ended up there for a couple of days, spent some time with him, 
and brought some back. That was really it. And because of where I worked in sort of supply chain, the the importing side of it um, was second nature. And I was very fortunate in those circumstances to be able to do it. And then when I brought them back, sold a few at Sheffield Christmas Market for the first year. And that's really when I got bitten by the bug. Plus mm-hmm. the, the guy who um, is the maker is a gentleman called Santa Ratnashakya. Um, Santa in Nepalese means holy. And mm-hmm. through the meeting I've had with him and subsequent meetings, I've sort of not only got a supplier of Himalayan singing bowls, but of also introduction to history, watching being made, the cultural mm-hmm. side of it how they're used in therapy as well. So um, a work colleague has become a personal friend as well through it. That's really nice, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I like that. Mm. Yeah. I really like the singing bowls. Yeah. Mm. I didn't realise there were so many different um, metals that you can use for singing bowls. Um, yeah, the Santa's a, a fourth-generation bowl maker, so he... Not only overseas them being made, sources of metals, plays them um, for therapy and plays them as a musical instrument. Um, so he makes them in a traditional way and he specifically calls them Himalayan singing bowls because they are made throughout the Himalayan region. Mm. In fact, you can get them from China, um, at Nepal and India and not just from Tibet, which a lot of people call them, but these are made in a traditional way of seven metals, which is predominantly copper, iron, tin, lead, lead, zinc, gold and silver. And he blends them in different grades of materials and in different percentage of the metals for different effects, yep. in different mm-hmm. shapes. He takes a metal, melts it down into the kiln, um, and then makes what I can only sort of describe as a as a pancake, um, and that's then t- um, sort of crafted into a shallow saucer and then into a bowl by mm-hmm. various heating and hammering processes. Mm-hmm. That must yeah. be a labour-intensive um, job yeah, to do that. Sounds it, doesn't There's, it? He has about four people in his, in his teams that make the bowls at a time. Um, he has like one captain, and he said that it takes about four years to go from first day apprentice to being in charge of mm. his own team. Yeah. Wow. Mm. With the different metals that are used, David, so those metals are going to have their own properties, aren't they? Do, so do the properties, the energetic properties, I suppose, do, would they have a different effect for each singing bowl? Yeah, so based on the, the, the quality of the ingredients and the percentage of the blend, um, I can sort of liken it to baking a cake. Um, different amounts of ingredients and better quality ingredients will produce something that some person prefers in preference to uh, another thing. So he can produce a standard bowl that's sort of made every day and they've got more copper in them. Right. And then mm. you can play around with some of the other metals and produce different shapes. And um, the the bowl that he's most well-known for is what's called a full moon bowl, and that's where he uses pure ingredients, lowers the copper content, mm-hmm. slightly increases the um, 
other percentages of the, of the other six metals, but particularly because it's made when there's a full moon, he puts a little bit extra silver in it. And right. it's quite auspicious for the workers to make it. So they will actually make an effort to cleanse themselves in preparation and clean themselves because of the significance of making a full moon. If there's a cloud in the sky, they won't make it. And the end result is a bowl that has a specifically longer uh, duration to the note, sustained and wow. is significantly increased with that blend and the yeah. way that's made. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Those are the bowls that um, specifically can be used for doing therapies and healings. Um, and that's when you start to get into um, chakras and frequencies as well for different bowls so the musical scale's got seven notes and each of the bowls in a chakra set is, is um, linked one note to each of the seven chakra e points <clears throat> um, yeah. so when you do a relaxation therapy each of the bowls will be placed around that part of a person's body and um, played in, in a certain way and because of the nature of the bowls Basically, the, the smaller the bowl that you get, the higher the pitch. The bigger the bowl and the heavier the bowl tends to be, you get a lower frequency. When you start getting to 100 hertz, um, that's when your brain starts developing into theta waves and really slows down and you can get into deep relaxation, tripping and out-of-body experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's also why, if you, if you particularly like a cat, um, cat tends to purr at between 97 and 101 hertz. Mm -hmm. That's where a normal human healthy body is, is around 100 hertz. So you feel a bit chilled and relaxed generally, as long as you're not allergic to cats. When a cat comes and sits next to you and purrs, because it's lowering your, uh, in effect, your, your own frequency. Yeah. And that's why pets, uh, cats are so relaxing to be with, aren't they? Mm. It is. When I do one-to-one -one sessions, if there's a, a dog or a cat in the in the house, the the cat will specifically come and sit in the room and be part of the, yeah. the relaxation and sometimes even sit on the client and <laughs> the dog will sort of look at you, shrug its shoulders and go, no, this ain't my scene and gently walk off. <laughs> yeah. My cat loves to join in with the healing sessions. So, you know, with the, um, I believe they're called suede's, is that correct, that you strike or you, you go round the edge of the bowl <clears throat> to create yeah, that there, sound? Yeah, there's a number of names um, people call them. You can call them uh, sticks, strikers or mallets, but the, yeah. the particular name um, that I've had <clears throat> referred to me in, in my learnings is a puja stick. Okay. So that's generally... Um, a, a, a wooden shaft with a suede end to it, and with um, them being a, a Buddhist family, the, the suede's a natural byproduct of the death of an animal. Um, yeah. But that's used on there, and when you sort of put energy into the bowl by um, placing it against it, you can either strike it singly to produce a note, or you can actually um, move it around the edge with some force and that will get the bowl to do its singing element of it but it, because they're all handmade they're not perfectly spherical so there are little um, impurities if you like in a perfect circle mm -hmm. and that's when <clears throat> the 
stick can jump off. It's a bit like a needle on an old LP yeah. record jumping every now and again. So the suede side of it just acts as a little dampener. It's a little bit of suspension. So it smooths out those jumps. So you still get a continuity of the note. And that's that's why you can use a bowl for meditation to try and keep the note the same by knowing that at certain points you might have to press on harder, softer, uh, slower or quicker to maintain the same notes. And that is, is like meditating. If you did it on your breathing, you meditate with the bowl, you try to keep the note the same. So is the the same level of, of preparation involved in creating um, the suede or the mallets or the beaters as the bowls themselves? <laughs> the bowls, well, <laughs> the bowls are... are handmade and there's impurities on there and they're hammered yeah so when the team produces the bowl you can't sit and say can you produce me a, a middle c perfect bowl mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there's just no way of doing that um so you get what you get but um santa has said that if he's got a settled team each of the teams has a slight preponderance of one note, ironically enough. So there must be something they're doing collectively that produces something very similar. Yeah. Mm. There apparently are some bowls which they found moulds for, which were cast bowls in China with notches on. And when eventually they actually found the bowl, they recognised that the bowls are actually being produced in such a way that if you struck where those notches are, <coughs> you can get a specific note. So they were making bowls with specific notes on them. At that point, mm-hmm. I still think modern day engineers are trying to work out how they did it, but <laughs> that's apparently what happened. Oh, wow! So, in answer to your question, every bowl is unique if it's yeah. if it's hammered and handmade. Yeah, um, you can also get some bowls which are pressed. So basically, they'll take usually less than seven metals, um, make the liquid, um, if you like, and then they'll make it into metal and then they'll press the metal and metal into a mold mm. and then you can get crystal bowls um which are um i think silicon quartz based and they are they're more manufactured there to get a pure note yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i should imagine though that some of the overtones that created from the singing bowls actually take you to a higher uh, perspective as well in terms of your hearing? Yeah, uh, a lot of times bowls will play um, more than one note, more than one frequency. And if you if you strike a bowl once, you may get a slightly different frequency than if you actually um, press on it and make it sing. And quite often once you've done that, you can leave it and it'll sort of warble and you can get more than one note out of it. And the second note tends to be, um, of a higher frequency. Mm. And then when you start playing bowls together, they can um, you can get disjoint, i.e. when they clash, or you can get them where your harmony is. And sometimes when you're playing the bowls, um, the bowls will play with each other, which might sound a little bit strange, but they will sort of Play in um, tune harmonize. with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. I think when you when you look at waves in the sea, waves every now and again will coalesce and you can get a, a wave that cancels or you can get a wave that peaks. Mm-hmm. It's the same with sound. So when you play bowls in a certain way, you can literally find that the bowls are singing to themselves. Yeah, that's nice. 
I remember when we met you at the Mind Body Spirit, uh, David, last year, and you gave Phil and myself a, an amazing demonstration where you poured some water into one of the larger bowls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we could see um, the frequency taking effect, the sound waves on the water. Could could you yeah. just describe that to our listeners, please? Well, it, it doesn't work as well on the, on, on the radio, but um, <laughs> on a <laughs> yeah. digital format. But, okay. but in effect, when you um, uh, apply a vibrational energy to a, a circular um, surface, like the metal bowl, yeah. And there's a liquid in there. Then obviously the metal starts to resonate and vibrate at its own frequency. That's then um, passes on to the water, and then as the water's in contact with metal around its sides, water in the middle, then the waves coalesce, and then what you can get is, in effect, raindrops going vertically up and water splashing back out against gravity um, because of the energy that's been put in it by playing of the bowl. Uh, it's similar to going on YouTube, and there's a number of people that put um, sand on. Mm. metal mm. plates and get them to vibrate you change your frequency and you get these wonderful geometric shapes mm. so yeah there's a, there's a lot the whole of the universe i think is, as tesla said is based on energy frequency and vibration so yeah everything yes. you do you listen to you see there's mm. some sort of vibrational energy in it i suppose in a way um you know as an experiment um with you doing that to the water you're changing the the structure of the water so would it be possible to drink that water, you know, and, and gain that healing properties that you've uh, you've put in from the bottle? Yeah, so a couple of things on that. First of all, um, a lot of people will put uh, water into a bowl and, uh, and drink it. People sometimes put crystals into a bowl, yeah. purify mm -hmm. them and, and play the bowls. Mm -hmm. With regards to the water, um, similar to what you've just said, if you put a little bit of water in and play the bowl, so you're not trying to get the water to vibrate, but if you change the level of the water in there by just gently inclining the bowl and then play it, you will affect the tone of the of, of the water on that side as well. Historically, mm. though, with the bowls, there's sort of three main thoughts in terms of why did we end up with bowls. Um, mm. One of those is connected with the northern area of India and the southern area of Nepal, which is traditionally the, the root of Buddhism, but it's thought that the bowls and that were produced in that area and they were given to women in their second and third trimesters because of the metal content would pass to the food oh, and the water oh, and anything okay. used in it and then oh. produce a, a healthy child and a healthy mother. Wow. Oh. That's okay. phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> that is fascinating. Well, the, um, other, the other two aspects of the um, some of the history are to do with, um, if you go down to... to to, to southern India and towards Thailand, there's more of an association with the bowl being used for begging, with um, a traditional Buddhist monk may have a begging bowl, so that's a thought from there. And if you go to north of Nepal, particularly to the Tibetan area, there there's an association with the frequency side of it and shamanic practices and getting less to 100 hertz because particularly then if you get bigger bowls or you're looking at things called gongs as well, you can really get below 100 hertz. Mm. Mm. Have you ever had any um, experiences, David, while you've been using singing bowls or while you've 
while you've been um, in that yeah, environment? I mean, every time I do a one-to-one session um, or a group session on a client, I, I, I feel quite blessed because I've got the I'm getting that experience vibe myself. So I always look at that, but particularly the first time that Sam did the relaxation therapy on me, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can only describe <clears throat> what happened at the end of it is that I was lying on the floor and I I couldn't differentiate between where the the entity of my body and the entity of the floor actually had a boundary. So whilst I wasn't being pulled into the ground and whilst I didn't have that terrible sleep paralysis where you couldn't get up, I couldn't distinguish between the two of us, yeah. the floor and, and myself. And the first time I ever um, had a gong experience as well, I, I did genuinely feel that I wasn't part of the physical body that I've been in for all of my life, that I did have a differential if you like between but if you want to put the word soul to it or something like that you can do but for me there was an awareness of me not being or residing um, mindfully in the the vessel of the body that i've got yeah yeah. so um i suppose that's partial astral projection isn't uh, it astral projection astral travel really isn't Mm. it Moving into uh, astral travel. And that, that for me was significant because I hadn't experienced it before in any other way. And uh, I think it's like a lot of things in life that you hear people say say about different things and um, or give you advice, but it's not until you've experienced them that's that you, you can actually relate to. And that, that's why I sort of, uh, I'm really comfortable that... Uh, that word acceptance found its way into my vocabulary with an, in, an intense meaning rather than just a word. Mm. So you you um, host different events, David, don't you? Different groups, different sessions, um, corporate events as well, and workshops. How how do your sessions run? What's what's how do they go? Well, um, as I say, I did have a commercial job and then was made redundant and decided to, to go full-time with what I was doing with festivals and with singing balls. And then I, I decided to focus just on the, um, the singing ball aspect of it. And obviously I've had a bit of a, bit of a break applied to that for the last 18 months. But mm-hmm. generally, I, I, I do a number of different things. So I still do festivals. Um, I do more... Uh, festivals now the healing side of it in terms of I will do relaxation therapies really with it and gong baths on that side of it. I, I have a number of people I see on a one-to-one basis, but a majority of my time now is sort of being a facilitator in terms of giving people access to buying their own mm, singing bowls. So whilst there's nice a great group of um, spiritual people now embracing sound therapy and even health services are looking at the health treatment through through sound therapy as well. What I notice is that people often ask, where can I get a singing bowl from? Um, uh, where can I get a singing bowl from that I know the, the authenticity of it and how it's made? And that's why now I sort of find that's the majority of the events that I do mm-hmm. is to 
provide it's um, quality, isn't it? people on a try before you buy basis. I have a number of people who are sound therapists who, when they're doing sound training and things, um, I provide the bowls for people to use while they're training. Yeah. And that's really what I do now is that um, to see more people having access to bowls that they can then use. Yeah, yeah. It's I I don't have a job. I have a hobby that pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about training, David. How long would you say it te- it took? How long would you say it's taken you to train to be where you are now? Um. Every day of my life, otherwise I wouldn't be. And I don't mean sarcastic with that answer. Is that mm. um, everything I've done's got me to where I have? If I've made another decision before I'd got into singing balls, I might never have found them. So mm. uh, I, I'm pleased that I'm where I am. And every day that I work with him it, it, it is great. And um, just having a conversation now and sharing it with people. So it, it doesn't have a start. It doesn't have an end to it. Um, it's just a continuation yeah. to me. Yeah. Continuous training, isn't mm. it? And that's mm. the nice thing about doing what I do is that's how I feel comfortable doing it. Um, you know, people strive for happiness and then you go, what do you mean, peace? Well, contentment, I think, and, and, and that's where I feel I am. I'm content in doing what, you're what doing. I do and being able to um, provide people uh, with singing bowls if they want it, if they want them. Mm. Yeah, you do sound contented, definitely. Yeah, certainly do. Yeah. So, um, be. in relation to our listeners, um, how would you um, describe the experience of, of going through a healing session with bowls and how would it benefit them mentally, spiritually and emotionally and physically, for that matter? It's a sound therapy or a sound healing or a sound relaxation is a very individual experience. Um, I tend to do mine as workshops and to get people to play the bowls, but if someone wanted to have um, a one-to-one session, and I, I know there's, there's a lot of people in the Midland area um, and other people that, that, that do um, sound relaxation, sound healing, but if she's specifically looking towards the therapy side of it, then... You know, you've got to be aware of other things as well and a professional sort of etiquette of coaching and counselling and things like that because whilst it can be just purely relaxing for some people, it, it can mm. be quite emotional and bring back mm. um, on occasions, suppress memories, some good, some bad. So yeah. it, it's very unique in terms of how each person works with it. So I always... Um, when I do my sessions, I always sort of go through a few um, questions with the individual that I'm talking to from doing a group group session. Then there's it called contraindications because um, it is very individual. And I've been fortunate to be trained by Santa. And one of the things that's that's quite amazed me is that while I've been trained by Santa in Nepal. When it comes to working in the West and talking to anyone in the UK, you need to get insurance and things. And to say, mm. I've worked with a fourth-generation metal worker who's a professional, makes and travels the world and everything, and his name's Santa, it doesn't help me when I apply for yeah. getting insurance. Mm. Yeah. So you've got to go through some Western process as well, mm. which is quite ironic um, because we don't take 
sound and sound healing um, in the West as much openness as it, as it is in other areas of the world. Mm. It's a shame, really, because, um, you know, we're all made up of frequency and the things around us are all vibrating at different frequencies. So in many it respects, is. it's it's the core of life, isn't it, sound? Yeah, and I did actually, um, it was two years since I've been out there last, but when I was with Santa, just before COVID started, um, I had this bit of a, an epiphany moment where I was talking to him and I said, um, is there anything specific with a bowl that you can do if someone's got cancer? And we basically went along with the conversation that, you know, in the Himalayas, in that area, you can use sound therapy and you can use medicinal flowers and herbal medicines. And they're all based on putting the, the person's body and reinforcing the, what that person already has encouraging the body to find it you come to the west and are dealing with cancer and one or two other things largely is based on medication radio yeah, chemotherapy yeah. and mm. aggressiveness yeah. to removing the cancer yeah and there's a complete different attitude towards medicine in the uk and medicine if you like in in Nepal, uh, and that fascinated me, and it suddenly dawned on me that there's a parallel there to how our societies are. Mm. Societies in the West are very much confrontational and aggressive. Definitely, I would agree with that. Those, yeah. if you go back to the um, the roots of the Himalayas, it's very much family orientated. They don't have um, OAP care centres. I think mm. that, that the old people are part of the family. Yeah. It's all based about oh, I've got this pain here. Well. How about trying this medicine? It's a herbal-based thing. It's um, it was quite a big moment for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Am I right in saying that some of the old cultures going way back would use sound and frequency to harmonise with uh, such as big ob objects like rocks and stones? And legend has it that they would tune to that frequency in order to move it physically. There is some documentation from, I think, an Austrian person that went to live um, with Tibetan monks around yeah. 1930 that suggests that when you took um, Tibetan monk trumpets, lined them in an arc and played them, he describes a levitation of, of large stones that as an individual or group wouldn't physically have been able to have... Um, lifted themselves from a, I suppose, a muscular point of view. Yeah. Mm. Wow. But, you know, I'm, I'm quite open to, to things like that because if you suddenly said, if I'm going to put the sand randomly on a plate and then produce a beautiful geometric circle without touching it with my physical hand, yeah, it might sound a bit odd to somebody. But in effect, that's what you can do by just turning frequency on a metal plate. I think I've yeah. seen a few of those videos on YouTube and, mm, me too. you know, they're very captivating, aren't they? You want to keep going back and watch it again and again. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful creation right before your mm. eyes. Glenn, are you suggesting that that's how they, uh, or partly how they erected Stonehenge? Uh, mm. Well, it's there, isn't it? Some of the ancient yeah. monuments, yeah. I mean, it baffles people of today, doesn't it? Well, how did they move that? They didn't have the JCBs, the, tools, the technology, yeah. the lifting equipment. 
And there's been various theories where it's been suggested they used uh, like logs as rollers and they used uh, like sleighs on on the articles, but you would have had to have uh, an army of men that would have needed feeding, that would have needed sheltering and resting as well. And to do it in the time that they say it happens, it doesn't add up. So there must have been an external source or a technology that we're not familiar with. Yeah, it must have been. Mm. But they're now, interesting enough, starting to use ultrasound, which is ultimately vibrational energy for, um, I believe it's dealing with, like, gallstones or bladder stones, whereby... Uh, it, it, it's used and the, uh, and the vibrational energy is at the right frequency so it shatters them into smaller parts wow yeah. that's incredible it's just similar to using an opera singer in a glass yeah, yeah. yeah. shattering the glass you get the mm. right pitch yeah mm. have you ever done that Julie? I haven't but a friend of mine who's a singer she's managed to shatter a glass yeah <clears throat> she was mentioning it the other week actually she's just gone back singing again and uh yeah, she's done it a few times. Mm. That's uh, quite high. Yeah. What yeah. note would you say would, would cause that effect? Ooh, it's got to be probably five octaves up to top C at least. Wow. Yeah, really high. Mm-hmm. I won't ask you to try and get that note, Julie. I can't so. hit five octaves. I can do three and a half <laughs> octaves. Um, no, we'll let you off. Yeah. We'll let you off with I'm that I'm a music one. teacher, Dave, and I do sing as well. We, we all sing. Um musicians so uh, i understand the notations and the notes connected to the chakras and that yeah so the singing bowls are connected to chakras aren't they so each frequency of which um which frequencies dave would be connected to each of the chakras do you know no it's a little bit um uh, Difficult to hear all the commentary in the background there, I'm afraid. But um, Sorry. Every, everything that's, that, that's made or, or exists will have a frequency that it responds to. So uh, I believe even diamonds, which are meant to be the hardest thing in the world, if you get the right frequency, will shatter because mm-hmm. they have a plane of weakness. So I, I, I think everything will have its unique um, break point, if you like. So. Mm. I don't really know, but because I'm I'm not musically trained, I don't play any instruments at all. Yeah. Um, so I can't even pick out a different note when someone plays, even with the bowls that I've got, and say that's that note. So when I was on that first experience of, of being introduced to the bowls, um, I didn't really talk about chakras or frequencies or notes. So I just went, I like that one. Yeah. And yeah. twice you feel it. I chose the same note yeah. uh, on two different days, and that was the first bowl I ever bought, and that was D, and that was the heart chakra. Well, you'd feel the um, note as well. I mean, generally, from a musician's point of view, <clears throat> I'll try and speak louder there, the lower the number, the lower the hertz and the frequency, yeah. um, yes. and the higher, so your 4,000 hertz, you're going into the angelic realms, that type of thing, and I, I use those in my treatments uh, with yeah. the frequency um, to work with different areas. But I, I use tuning forks rather than um, the bowls. Yeah, and they have a massive effect. They have a big effect, don't they, mm. the tuning forks? Yeah. Really. 
Yeah. I do like the sound bowls as well, but I just am more drawn. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a whole load of different things out there that, that, that people are more specialists in and things. And I just think in answer to your question about January becoming February, is, you know, part of my journey is, is, is now understanding and that there are other things at the higher frequency and um, astral planes and other things which um, three or four years ago I'd never even heard of. Um, so that's another part to me on my journey is being aware of it, it, it's continuous and there are other things to, to do. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. know until I came back from um, Nepal that they're actually um, in the West. There's two different chakra systems. There's a traditional Tibetan one, which is what I use with the bowls. Um, but we've got a slight twist on it in the different part, different chakras may have different notes if you if you go along the Western system that's particularly used in yoga yeah so whilst there's a whole load of information out there there's, there's still things to be wary of whereby you might say this this note in my system is that chakra and someone says oh i thought this was that mm. so yeah this to me it's another exciting part of, of, of my journey is mm. being open <clears throat> to have conversations about things that i don't know of yeah um, it's, it's all learning isn't it particularly in the yeah community now operating um that what you're being told is a genuine um uh, passing on of knowledge to you that you can you can absorb like a sponge yeah what are the differences in those chakra systems uh well i i'd use the tibetan system and because i use that all the all the time I, i couldn't exactly put my finger on which which is the difference with the western one Okay. Do you know? So if you, if you, if you, if you start at the, <clears throat> at the crown, that's associated in Tibetan system with, with a B, and then you've got your third eye, which is E, then you've got your throat, which is A, and then as you move down, you've got your heart at D, solar plexus ah. at G, and sacral at C, and then your root chakra is F. I've got that different from how I work, not necessarily from yoga, but from a, a chakra point of view. It's, uh, the, the root chakra is C, the sacral is D, the solar plexus is E, the heart chakra is F, the throat chakra is G, and the third eye is A. The crown but I, th- I think the important thing is, is, is whatever system you, is, is sort of in your... Um, life if you like yeah it's the intent so absolutely um, intense another word like acceptance in my life is that i've been shown by um uh, uh, a nepalese um producer of traditional singing bowls that are done in a tibetan style if you like a tibetan mm-hmm. area is 100 miles from tibet and that's called the Tibetan chakra system that he uses. Yeah, and that's what he's shown me, and that's what I, I use as well, because it was the intent that in those bowls with those chakras with those notes mm. is to pass on something that helps someone either through relaxation or possibly even through therapy and healing as well. Yeah, so I think you're absolutely um, right. The intention there, yeah. you know, whichever system you're using is absolutely fine, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's the that intent is. that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I read today, Dave, well, um, when I was <clears throat> not stalking your Facebook or your mm. 
um, website, but I read that you are also an author and have a book published called The Pen in All in Us All. It is, yes. Yes, you've stalked me successfully. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I um, went to university and, you know, at that age, I was suddenly found myself writing ideas that came into my head on scraps of paper. Um, Never really did anything with them. Uh, I'm I'm not creative. I didn't even do English literature at at school. and I don't read that much either. Um, and this sort of developed into a big shoebox that over a conversation with someone as a work colleague, so you're probably now talking 30 years later, 25, 30 years later, that we um, around, around the table both had a conversation about, well, was a group of us, but a conversation about what is it that, you'd really like to do or think you should have done by now in your life that you haven't. And mine mm-hmm. was quite fancy taking all of those pieces of paper in a shoebox and putting them into a book and, and sharing them with people. And so we had that little conversation and the other individual wanted to open a flower shop. Um, mm-hmm. And we set ourselves the targets of both doing that. Um, yeah, like the the book ended up in in, in print. I self published it, but it was it was based on a collection of thoughts that turned to words and made their way to paper. Okay, mm-hmm. are you able to share any of those uh, thoughts with us, Dave? That are on paper. Um, well, what I often refer to because when when I do festivals and talk to people, Lee, um, I end up having quite deep conversations with a lot of people and. And I often refer to what I call the flower shop moment, which is a lot of people in the adult life now get to that um, crux or decision-making or am I doing the right thing? And and I go, well, that's your flat. What is your flower shop? What is it that you'd really like to do? Because I think think I'm now the adult that I always thought I would be when I was a child Mm. without everything else getting in the way and, you know, find yourself as you're getting into later life that you, you, you lie on your back on a grassy field and start looking at faces in clouds. But there's a number of years in your life from childhood to where you are now where you didn't do things like that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, one thing I, I, I quite often do, and it's actually on the back of the book, and it, and it says, um, life is a tapestry of single threads. It is how we choose to weave them together that makes our own happiness. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Pause for thought there with that. And I've got I've got one more for you if you like. Ooh, yeah, yeah, okay. Of course. Yes. Which just it, it just came about where someone actually gave me something to just said to me, go and write about and I said, Well what? And they, they gave me the word grateful. <laughs> and nice. this is what I wrote about being grateful. Being grateful is to appreciate what we have. It's the clothes we wear, not the ones in the wardrobe. It's the food in our stomach, not the food in the fridge. It's the wine in our glass, not the bottle in the cellar. It's the smile of our children, not a film on TV. It's the hug of a loved one, not the argument over nothing. 
It's the moment we live in, not a hope for the future. It's being able to say I did, not the regret of did not. It's the warmth of the sun and the crispness of frost. It's the rain that gives life to the puddles we splash. It's the colours of rainbow with its promised pot of gold. It's the imagination to dream that's as endless as time. It's the sharing and giving, not the taking and wanting. Being grateful is just being happy. Mm, that is that's yeah. that's Amazing. stunning, David. Thank yeah. you for sharing Thank that. You. That's lovely. Really nice. It's what I describe as a sort of a, a coffee table book. In that it's um, it's left there. You thumb through it, and um, it, it's you know it's something there that someone might bring a smile to someone's face. And if it does, then it's well worth doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Where can people get a copy of that, Dave? Ironically enough, just through me. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've never, I never put it into a commercial enterprise of anything to do. You can get it on my website um, because it's. I've always sort of seen it as something that I meet people and discuss it. And if someone wants to buy it, that that's fine. So um, yeah, perhaps I perhaps I need to do something more now that I get people like yourselves mm. asking me to do a podcast that. I need to talk more about if I designed it, if I wrote it with the idea of it being shared by people, then yeah. mm. I'm not actually achieving that aim if I'd only keep it to myself. That's it. So, I think you should yeah. share it. There's some beautiful yeah. work there, and it really did um, captivate all three of us here. Yeah. Uh, you, you do attune to those words. Yeah. What, yeah. Well, I'll, um, what is your I'll, website, I'll, Dave? You can, uh, you know. The, the website is... Um, Avaja, A-V-A-J-A, dot co dot UK. And I chose the word Avaja because in Nepalese it means sound. Nice. It's a lovely but, name. I like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah. more than welcome to um, see you at the next do at Mansfield and um, I'll make sure you guys get a copy of the book. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, That's very lovely. kind. Um, in our last few minutes, because I think we've got five minutes left, yeah, Glenn. Make sure we, we get you spread out there. You know, yeah. So, uh, so let's yeah, bring out let's bring out the wheel of random questions. If you can wheel it in, Glenn. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Just hang on. There we go. It's spinning. Julie's got Julie's in charge of the questions. I'm in Dave. charge of the random question generator. Oh, this is a nice one. What is the greatest quality humans possess? Okay. Who's that okay. for? Who's that for, Dave? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's for Dave. Yeah, there we go. Start with, yeah. <laughs> Just say it again. <laughs> okay. I didn't quite catch it. What is the greatest quality humans possess? Oh, I think it's we've all got our own great qualities so you make a blend out of everything mm. and it's often quite you know the quality you need at the time you need it is, is the best quality mm. that we've got I think that's a really good when we one. really show it's when we need to do something we may surprise ourselves and find we've got the quality to do something that we didn't think we had before so I suppose that's um, inspiration, um, creativity at the moment that is needed to be. 
That's nice, yeah. I would agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Does anybody else want to add any comments to that, or should we have one? Yeah, I'm going to add um, compassion, because I think we are born with, we are born as beings of love and compassion. Yeah. And I think that's conditioned out of us. So actually, yeah, I think think love love and compassion is one of our greatest um yeah whatever the question was should we have another question Come on, we'll have do, another on, do one. it another one more time do it another okay last one Okay, if today had intro music, what would it be and why? To anybody now that would like to answer it. Oh, well, I know Glenn's for today. Go on then. Um, road, what's the road? Is it the road to Amarillo? Amarillo. Oh, I've been singing that in the break, haven't yeah. I? Yeah. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Yeah, that would be mine, actually. Over to you, Dave. If your life had intro music and outro music, what would it be? Just, um, just intro. Louis Armstrong singing "Wonderful Life." Oh yeah, mm-hmm. "Wonderful World." Sorry. Wonderful World, I like that. Um, that always makes me sit and think and stop and pause. Which I think's nice to do. Um, yeah, nice. I, I, I always sort of like that. It does make me stop and think when I hear those words. Uh, Good mm. choice, yeah. What's yours, Julie, today? Well, the first um, song that came into my head is My Heart Will Go On because the heart, for me, the love's there, the compassion. And, um, yeah, I just really like the the song, the frequencies and the lyrics and the delivery of that song. Mm. Yeah. Celine Dion, yeah. I, I can't sing it. It's a little bit high for me. But I really like. I'll teach you how to do it later. You don't don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? What's, do you know what? what I've had an be? earworm. I've had an earworm all day today, um, and I don't know why. But it's Dream. Things can only things can oh, only get better. Oh, it's a great better. song. Yeah. I don't, I've not been able to get that out of my head today. <laughs> Your poor head. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> no wonder I've had that that head fog <laughs> yeah. all day today. So four very different tunes there. Yeah, yeah, songs. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, any last words of wisdom, Dave, in our last few minutes? Last words of wisdom? Um, I'm not sure any of what I've said in wisdom, but um, just... Um, Thank you for the opportunity of, 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 of a chat. It's been good for me as well. Um, yeah, and just um, go and open your own flower shops. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, it's been our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah, it has been such a pleasure. We've loved having you on, Dave, and um, really hope to. Well, we'll, we'll catch see up you in, April. In, in April, won't we? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Early yeah. April. Are you are you doing anything in particular uh, in April, or are you doing any of the workshops or anything like that, Dave? I'm 
working at Newark this weekend, and then I've got a bit of downtime before doing one or two more in the local areas. And I've committed to doing a big, a big exhibition at Olympia in London oh, Easter yeah. weekend for yeah. four days, which is it's a great venue. Something I'm really yeah. looking forward to. Wow. Um, I'll probably see how see how it goes and catch up with you guys after that and give you some feedback. See how it went. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. That'd be good. You'd be more Definitely. than welcome to come back on again. Um, yeah. Is it the Newark Showground tomorrow that you're at then? Or? It's Newark Showground. Um, Liz Events is on tomorrow mm. and Sunday, 10 5, 10 4. They'll do a number there uh, during the year and around the area. Um, so, yeah, that'll be the first one of the year. And Great. I'm catching up with people I haven't seen since before Christmas. I might actually mm. nip across to that tomorrow morning. Okay. Then. I've uh, never been to that event. Is it a yeah, good, it's at the good event? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a nice one, Glenn. Uh, it's going to be quite big, isn't it? A couple of a couple of the pod, uh, podcast friends go. Uh, Darren usually stands there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll drop in. Let us know, and I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Fantastic. That's lovely. Um, last words, Dave. Would you like to give us again your uh, Facebook page, any links? Yeah. Just so we Content can reshare that out again. It's really, really my website. I mean, I'm on, I'm on uh, Facebook as David Mitchell. Yeah. I don't really use it with the Abarja side of it, but perhaps I should be doing. Perhaps you guys you know, can give me a few you know? tips on doing that. But my yeah. website, Savaja, which is avaja.co.uk. Yep. Um, yeah. And Info at avarja.co.uk. If you've got any queries or want to have a look at it, I'm excited at the moment because I've had all of my new range of stocks arrived, which I haven't had for two years. So wow. I should be updating the website with a lot of new products and opening it back up for sales after it's been closed through Christmas. Brilliant. Exciting. Fantastic. fantastic for you. Good. Good. But, Thank you, Dave. Glenn, any, any last words of wisdom, Glenn? Uh, be kind to yourself. I mean, we're all light workers here and we tend to offer our energy out outwardly, don't we, to others. Mm. And we tend to forget about ourselves. We leave ourselves on the shelf. So I would say be kind to yourself more than what you have been doing. Mm. Okay. Julie? While I'm in the zone, I'm quite chilled out now. I'm just visualising those bowls, you know. <laughs> uh, really interesting how they're made and everything. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Lovely. Self? Yes. Um, From my week this week, my words of wisdom are listen to your, listen to your body. Um, Oh, yeah. And if you are, if you need rest, if you need sleep, there's nothing wrong with having a rest, having that sleep, that extra, let's call it a nana nap. But there is not a problem. There's no nothing wrong with doing that because we sometimes need to do that. So yeah, that's mm. so that's advice. that. Yeah, Wise words. lovely. Um, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Julie. Thank, thank you, you Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Um, thank it's you been a pleasure. Day. We'll see you soon. Namaste. Over and out. Namaste. Namaste, Namaste everyone. Listening and continuing to support the Full Circle Podcast. Don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page.
of the time.